It's time to work on your game. Making the transition from an amateur to a pro is a decision, and it's up to you. Of all the interviews I've done on this podcast, there is one clear factor that stands out in the world of professionals. Becoming a professional is a decision. It's not luck or circumstance. It's a choice that you can make right now. This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 417, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs, with Dre Baldwin. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guest today is a former professional basketball player, four times TEDx speaker, popular YouTuber, podcaster, and author of 29 books. His latest book is The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs. And now here is my interview with Dre Baldwin. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Excited to be here. I want to begin today with your story. So can you share with our audience a bit about your pro basketball career and then how that led to the work you do today? Sure. So my background, Jeff, is as a well, actually, I come from the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, now live in South Florida, but was always in sports growing up, played a little bit of uh, American football, then some baseball, finally stumbled into basketball around the age of 14, which is actually pretty late for someone who wants to you know, do anything in sports, college, let alone pro, but didn't even play that much in high school, sat the bench the one year that I was able to make the team. Then I wanted to play in college. I had to walk on, meaning I didn't have a scholarship, wasn't invited, had to basically you know, earn my way onto the team. Did that and played in college, but I was only playing at the Division Three level, which is the third tier of sports, people who don't know. And usually the pro athletes are not coming from the Division Three. They're usually coming from the Division One level. So I wanted to play pro after after a year removed from college where I worked at. I worked at Foot Locker as an assistant manager. I worked at this gym called Bally Total Fitness, selling memberships. Then I went to an event called an exposure camp. It was like a job fair for athletes. I played well there. I leveraged my performance there to get an agent. And that agent helped me get my first job playing overseas. And this is to give everybody a timeline. This is 2005. Now, at the same time, I started publishing videos to this brand new website that I just heard of called YouTube. Same year. Now, that's where I started to build my audience online and people kind of start to get to know who I was through YouTube videos. And the reason that that is significant, Jeff, is because a few years later, I'm still playing overseas. But at one point, I found myself a free agent, meaning I had no job to play basketball. And I really just started asking myself some hard questions, like how am I going to really have control over my life and be able to control my income? Even if, you know, with this basketball thing, in order for you to have a contract, somebody has to deem you worthy of a contract. So what if nobody wants to sign you? How are you going to make money? So I really started putting more effort into this thing that we now call a personal brand, which is writing more blog articles, making more videos, being more consistent and intentional about it. And that's really, again, where people know me from. Most of the days, if I'm at the mall and somebody knows me, it's usually from YouTube. It's not because I played basketball overseas in a country that you know, most Americans couldn't even point out on a map. So years later, while I'm doing this, this is around 2009, 2010, that period that I'm explaining. But players would often ask me when they found out about my background, Jeff, they would ask me, you know, what kept me even trying to make it in basketball despite all these setbacks? Because a lot of them would identify themselves with me. I like to tell I like to tell people all the time that there are for every one LeBron James, there are a thousand Dre Baldwins. So they would really identify with my background of not making high school teams and maybe having a walk on in college, not having a scholarship or wanting to play pro, but 
you don't even have any prospects to do it, but you still want to try. So they would ask me, well, Dre, what was the, the mindset behind it? Because mind you, on YouTube, I'm already showing them how to do the physical stuff. Here's how you jump higher. Here's how you do a crossover dribble. But the mindset stuff, a lot of players would ask me about this. So as I started talking more about that, because uh, I was doing these videos every Monday called the weekly motivation. I did that every Monday for about 400 Mondays in a row on YouTube. And when I was doing that, this is the interesting part, the kind of the inflection point here, Jeff, was that a lot of people who were not athletes started coming across those weekly motivation videos and they would reach out and say, Dre, I'm following you, not because I'm trying to learn how to uh, do a move like Kobe, but because when you talk about mindset, anybody can use that. That is not just for sports. I know you made it for the athletes, but everybody can use that. Everybody needs mindset. I don't care what they do for a living. So this planted the seed in my head, Jeff, of what I was going to do when I was done playing ball. Because I don't know if your listeners know, but a lot of athletes, when that ball stops bouncing for us and we stop playing our sport, often we have no idea what to do next. And we still have another half of our lives to live at that point, if you're lucky. So I already knew what I was going to do next. I was going to take the mindset aspect of what I was already doing and I would start applying it to non-athletes. And that didn't happen until 2015. That's when I stopped playing ball. So since then, fast forward in the story, from 26, 2015 until now, that's what I've been doing is basically taking the mental tools that help you succeed to get into that top 1% of sports. And I teach professionals from all industries how to leverage and apply those tools at work and in everyday life. And my company, my whole brand, the whole philosophy is all under, all under the same name. It's called work on your game. So that's a, a quick snapshot of how we got from there to here. And I'm sure we'll fill in the rest in this conversation. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's a, it's a great story. I really like the fact that you made this connection that, of the, the value of mindset. But I want to dig into that a little bit more. When did you realize that your mindset was affecting your performance and your ability to move forward? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who they don't really make that connection. They might see like, well, there's a goal that I want to achieve or there's a certain amount of money I want to make. But they don't have, I guess, the systems or the way of thinking that would get them there. So what for you kind of made the switch to say, I need to work on the way that I think? Great question, Jeff. And I think it's actually I've actually noticed it from both angles, both that it was helping me and in ways that it was challenging me. And the more that I learn, the more that I see in life of myself and also of others, Jeff, I realize that mindset is really the it's everything. Mindset basically controls all the results of what we get in our lives, positive and negative. So going way back to even when I was a, a teenager, I realized that my mentality was a little bit different from a lot of other you know, kids around me simply because even when I was facing those setbacks that I briefly described as an athlete, I was still determined to keep trying. Whereas I realized that a lot of players or even kids my age, my peers, they would try out for the team and not make it the same way that I didn't, but they would be so maybe self-critical or embarrassed to try again because they didn't want to fail over and over again and have everybody know about it. That by the time I was a senior in high school, when I went to that last year of tryouts, a lot of the boys who had been trying out as freshmen and sophomores, they were still in school, but they weren't trying out anymore. They had given up on that that dream, I guess, of playing basketball, maybe because they realized they didn't have the talent. And but actually what I think the real reason was they just didn't want to be the person who tried out four times and didn't make it. I wasn't willing. Mm. I didn't have a problem being that person because I was just going to keep trying until something happened. Even if I had not made it that year, I still would have tried to play in college. And then moving forward uh, to answer the rest of your question, when did I realize there was a difference maker for me? Well, there right there is one way. But also, even as a player, one of my biggest challenges was that I needed to get that get through that performance anxiety of, yeah, of course, you can practice by yourself as much as you want. But when you get out there in front of everybody and everyone's watching you, 
it's a different ball game. So how can you get over that? So that game experience is something that I tell players nowadays, the next generation, what's one thing you really need to do to help advance your career is you need to get out there and you know, get the experience of actually applying all the stuff that you're learning. So that's where I find a lot of people are challenged is that, yes, you can learn all day. You can listen to podcasts, read all the books, take the courses, go to the events, but you still have to actually go out there and apply it. And let's see what kind of results you get. And then let's make our adjustments from there. So I think one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people these days is just uh, procrastinating or kind of overthinking, or as they say, analysis paralysis, where you're thinking so much about all the information you're taking in, but not actually ever applying it. So you have all this information, but it hasn't become real knowledge because to me, I don't, I don't think somebody knows something until they've actually done it. So to answer your question, I would say it works on both ends is using that mentality to move you forward, but also your mentality is the very thing slowing you down and holding you back as well. Yeah, in the world of sports, I've heard the analogy before. You know, those people that are on the court playing, and they're those who are in the stands watching. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people are watching, and maybe they want to play, but they don't try. And I like the the kind of you know example you just used here, which is that you know you need to be actually doing the activity to get the experience, to get the knowledge, to apply it. What do you think for you? Uh, like, I, what changed for you to say I need to be in the game? I need to be doing the work. I need to be out there because I feel like, like you mentioned before, there's people that they stopped uh, trying or, or didn't want to fail. Why mm. do you think that you were okay with making the attempts and having them not succeed? Well, the number one thing is just my competitiveness. Is I've always been a competitor, so sports was I was naturally drawn to sports, and it's not just competing against the other player or competing against the other team, but it's just competing against the situations because even from this little bit of my story that I've shared here, a lot of times it wasn't a person I was competing against. It was just a situation. Man, I'm not on the team. I want to get on the team. I'm not playing pro, but I want to. So it was just the competition against the circumstance and me wanting to change that circumstance and me being able to find a way to kind of plug into my best mentality so I can get focused, get into that zone and go do what I wanted to do. And to answer the the rest of your question here, tell me what the question was again, Jeff, to make sure I'm answering it. Well, just really the question of how do you, I guess, become the kind of person who says, like, I want to be in the game. I want to compete Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who just procrastinates, you know, indefinitely. I've always seen myself as a performer. I've always seen myself the type of person who is going to be out there being talked about and not the one talking about other people. And that's kind of like the mindset of even with entrepreneurs online these days. Are you a producer or are you a consumer? I've always seen myself as the person who's going to be out there doing the thing and let people talk about me rather than me spending my time talking about them. So I've always been that even in sports. I'm still that person to this day in business. And when I saw those people, when I would see people out there performing and doing their things, it gets me excited because I'm thinking about or what would I do in that situation? If I'm on the put me on the court in place of that guy, what could I do? What could I do different? Could I perform the way this person's performing or how would I you know, play against this person here? Or how would I give this speech? You know, I go to a conference, I hear somebody speaking and say, well, how would I explain that concept a little bit differently from them and maybe even better than them? Because again, the competitor in me kicks in. So it's always for me that comp- competitive mindset and also my ability just to channel that competitiveness into you know, positive things that produce positive results that I can leverage as an entrepreneur to give value to other people. And you give other people value, you give value back in exchange. I mean, that's the whole game of entrepreneurship. So that's kind of how it came to be for me.
what if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So you have this philosophy called work on your game, and I want to hear more about that. So can you explain that for us? Sure. Work on your game is I actually first said that in a video I made back in 2009. I was this I just came back from playing in Germany and I was back in Miami and I was at a 24 hour fitness gym and it was probably maybe two or three o'clock in the morning. And I had my camera with me, as I always did at that point, because I realized that this YouTube thing might become something. So I always had my camera. And I just finished the workout and I was just stretching after my workout and I was just thinking of you know, what's something, a message I can give to my audience. I would, I would always make videos just at random times, random places. And I was thinking of the questions I've been being asked at that point. And a lot of players have been asking me, well, Dre, can you give me some tips, some help, some advice on my game? That's the three words that I kept hearing so much at that time. And I made this two minute video, it's still on YouTube to this day. And in the video, I said to the players, listen, the reason why you're having trouble and the reason why you're not making your team or you're not getting in the game if you're on the team is because look where both each of us is at right now. You're on YouTube watching videos. I'm in the gym practicing. So what you need to do is turn off your Xbox don't even watch the rest of this video. Just X out the video and go work on your game. And I said that phrase and I, I put some colorful language in between there. But when I said that phrase, a lot of players really caught on to it and they started repeating that phrase back to me just in the comment section. People would say it back. And that's when I it was it took me about a year or so to realize it. But that's when I realized, you know what, my whole philosophy can be encapsulated just in that statement right there. And what it has come, what working on your game has come to mean is four specific things. Number one, the discipline of showing up every day to do the work, the confidence. Number two, the confidence, putting yourself out there boldly and authentically. Number three, mental toughness, continuing to show up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has late, is late to the party. And the last one is personal initiative. That is being a go getter, going and making things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. So that is what working your game is about to this very day and the beautiful thing about it and i did not plan this back then but the beautiful thing about it is it, it is agnostic it doesn't relate to just playing sports it's not just about business it can apply to anyone and anything i love it i feel like there is there's a lot of wisdom in, in those those four areas there let's let's start with the first one here with, with discipline i've heard a lot about this idea that discipline isn't enough but i feel like it, 
there are people that I know who maybe just don't have enough of it, even if it's not that critical. How do you view discipline in terms of, I guess, work ethic or this this drive to get more done? Like, do you think that we have to be the kind of people who are out of bed, you know, at 5 a.m. and working super hard all day? Or or is discipline different for you? How, how do you view that? Well, this is the 5 a.m. miracle, but you don't have to get out of bed at 5 a.m. You don't you don't have to. You can get out of bed at 7 as long as you get the things done. But as far as discipline goes, it is the foundation. I believe, well, I believe, first of all, mindset is the foundation of anyone's success. And discipline is the foundation of mindset. Discipline is your ability to show up every single day and do the work. And here's the thing. And this is something that a lot of people get misconstrued about professionals on any level. We can use something like athletes because everyone can understand and relate, even if you don't watch sports. What makes the best professional athletes the best? You Take someone like uh, Ronaldo in soccer, Michael Jordan or LeBron James in basketball, Tom Brady in football. What makes those guys great is not what they do in the big game when everybody's watching or that they made the big shot or they won the championship or they just showed up. They rose to the occasion when everyone was paying attention. Yes, they do that. But what makes them great is what they do on the days when nobody's paying attention. What they do in those practices when nobody's watching, there are no cameras in the in the facility, but they show up and they deliver at a high level anyway. That's what makes a professional professional is what they do in the moments that are not the big moments. So that when there does come a big moment, they're already used to showing up because they do it every time. Now, I'm sure, Jeff, and let me ask, matter of fact, did you, you saw the Michael Jordan documentary last summer, right? Yes, I did. Okay, everybody saw that documentary. And one thing that Michael Jordan said there, and he says it all the time. I've read every Michael Jordan book, every everything written about him and by him. And one of the things he always emphasized, and he said it in that doc, but I'm not sure many people picked up on it, was that he always wanted to make practices harder than the games. And he's, he's been talking about that since even when he was playing, he would say that in his books. And the point, point is, he showed up and would deliver at that level even when nobody was watching. So by the time it got to the NBA finals and is the championship moment the last two minutes and he made this great play, everybody's marveling at that and they're all excited and you know, uh, admiring what he did. But according to his teammates and his coaches, he did that every day in practice. So it was normal for him. That's what makes a professional. That's the discipline of showing up every single time, even when it's not a moment that the average person would want to show up. And the reason why this matters so much to me because we can take it away from sports. This is not about fame. It's not about money or any of that. My own parents, where my discipline came from, came from seeing my parents modeling it and they never preached about it. My parents never sat down and said, hey, do you see us doing these things? My parents every day will wake up and go to work. And my parents did not have glamorous jobs. My parents did not, might not even like their jobs, but every day they woke up and went to work. And as an adult, one thing that I've heard, I'm not even a parent, but one thing I've heard people who talk about parenting say is that your kids don't grow up to do what you say. They grow up to do what you do. And because they, I saw them getting up every day and going to work when I went and played basketball, because neither of my parents is an athlete either. So when I started playing basketball, I did the only thing that I knew, which was, OK, how do I get good here? Because I'm not good. I'm already behind the eight ball because these kids have been playing for years and I'm just now starting at age 14. Why don't I just come to the court every day with my basketball by myself and just keep practicing? Let me just keep trying stuff until I figure something out. Because mind you, this is the 90s. We're not talking. There's no YouTube. There's no Instagram for me to follow. I didn't have a trainer. So I was just doing stuff and hoping something worked. My only strategic edge, competitive edge, was that I'll just show up more often than everybody else and hopefully figure something out along the way. 
And that was the discipline. That's how I became, I went from terrible to mediocre to okay to good to a professional just by showing up on a consistent basis. And eventually I got some knowledge along the way, but at first I had zero. So that's the showing up part. And it works at the amateur level all the way up through the pros. I love that. I think that's been kind of my life story as well is that the idea of just showing up oftentimes is all it takes. Like that's the beginning. That's, that's the right. end. That's the game. That's that's everything. Um, I love that perspective. Um, I want to get to uh, your latest book today as well. And this one is called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. And I mm-hmm. think you kind of just hit upon uh, at least part of that, what this is. So let's get into that concept. What do you think really separates amateurs from pros? Oh, it's real simple. I'll give it. I'll give a explanation anecdote that anyone here can relate to. So even over this last year or so, a lot of our fitness facilities have been closed down because we have a pandemic. So even in the building that I live in, there's a gym in the building. They even shut down the gym there. You couldn't even use that, let alone any outside gym. So let's say everyone, let's say there's someone listening to this rather who is just now getting back to the gym or maybe a couple months ago, you started going to the gym again. You hadn't been there in a while. Now, the first day you feel excited, right? Because the gym is voluntary. Nobody has to go to the gym, but you want to because you know it'll help your health and you'll live longer and no eight pack abs in the summertime and all of that stuff. So the first day you feel great. You got yourself a, a 25 pack of boot camp classes. You hired a personal trainer. You signed up for the gym. You had this new workout gear from Lululemon that you can pop the tags off of. You're, you're ready to go. And that first workout, it kind of kicks your butt because you haven't worked out in a while. You're not in shape like you used to be, but the first workouts, it's good to be back. You know, you look at yourself in the mirror when you get home and you say very enthusiastically, I'm doing this. The second day, now you got a little bit of fatigue here because the first day's workout, all the soreness there, because again, you're not in game shape quite yet, so to speak. So you got the first day's fatigue on your body and you have another workout that you have to go through. So this one's a little bit tougher and the trainer kicks your butt even more through this workout because you got that fatigue on you, but you get through it and you still feel good. It's only the second workout. It's kind of like the second time you drive a brand new car, still smells new. You drag yourself home, look in the mirror and you say just a, just a little bit less enthusiasm. I'm doing this. Now, by the third day, already by the third day, your body and mind are having a difference of opinion. By the third day, those new workout sneakers that you keep next to the bed because you read that motivational blog post that said, put your sneakers next to the bed so you don't have to make a decision about them. They feel like they're made of cement. Hmm. By the third day, you don't want to make eye contact with that friendly, bubbly person at the front desk of the gym because you're just, you're, your mind is just not in the right space. By the third day, this is one of those days when you might just roll over in bed, grab your phone and text your trainer and say, listen, just charge me for the session, but I'm not coming in. By the third day, you're already questioning your decision to even do this thing that you're doing. So what is this third day about? Third day is not about the gym. It's not about sports or fitness at all, but it can be about anything. This happens in relationships and families and business and anything that you do that it's the moment when you realize that the novelty has worn off. The newness of the situation is gone. The excitement is completely gone. And you realize that this thing that you signed up for is not all fun and games. It's actually a job and there's some real work that's going to need to be done. It's going to require some grit and some mental toughness on your behalf. And the third day is not just the moment, but it's more about the decision. What decision do you make in that moment? Are you going to show up all the way and deliver or are you going to kind of halfway show up or not show up at all? Or are you going to quit completely? I mean, you have you have choices in this moment. So the third day is about what you do in that moment. And when I talked about 
even again, using my parents as an example, I'm sure they had many third days when they didn't feel like going to work is cold, the snowing is raining outside. They're taking public transportation to their job an hour there and an hour back. They feel like going to work. Probably not, but they still showed up and delivered. Michael Jordan always feel like being at practice every day. Probably not, but he still showed up and delivered. Dude, Jeff, you had to show. Do you always feel like turning on the mic and recording? You don't have to tell your audience, but I'm sure there are days you don't feel like it, <laughs> but you do it anyway, right? And that's what makes a pro a pro. Does you know, Stephen King always feel like sitting down and writing? Probably not. But they show up and deliver anyway. And that's what makes these people great is showing up every single time, even when you don't feel like it. That's what separates the pros and the amateurs. It is not talent. It is not opportunity. It is not resources. It's the decision, the willingness to show up and do the job. That's what the third day is. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. I love every bit of that. Uh, I think that what I was thinking of when you mentioned this concept was back about, about 10 years ago when I first started running marathons. And there was this moment that I realized that the weather did not dictate my schedule. So I got to this point where I realized it doesn't matter what it is outside. I will just adjust and I'm still going to go for my run regardless. I'll just change my clothes and I'll still do it. And that to me was this like pivotal moment, like for my own mindset of that's what success looks like. It's I, I'm not going to let those you know potential obstacles stand between me and what it is I'm going after. And I feel like what you're just talking about here is that decision, almost like you're making that choice ahead of time to say, I know those days are coming. And when they do, here's my plan. Here's how I move forward. And I feel like that is such a, maybe like a missing component to so many people's uh, decision to, to pursue any goal. Because they might say, I want this thing, but there's less of a decision about, well, what do I do when I don't feel like pursuing it? And I feel like you're hitting that right on the head right there. 100%. That's what the third day is absolutely about. And your example of running, and especially if you're running marathons, I mean, you can't, you can't really afford to not do it. Uh, you have to do that running. You have to be ready for it. And the weather is going to be the weather, but you still have to show up and do your job. That is 100% the difference maker, because there are plenty of talented people out there who are not professionals at what they do. And it's not because they lack talent. And it's not because they don't know what to do. It's just a matter of their willingness to do it, the hard stuff. 
everybody likes doing the fun stuff, but anything that's fun eventually isn't fun anymore when the novelty wears off. So what do you do then? Do you keep showing up? And again, you can think of any aspect of life. The novelty of the, the new thing eventually wears off. No matter how amazing it looks from the outside looking in, you experience anything often enough, it stops being new. So what are you going to do at that moment when it's not new anymore? That's the third day. So what, in terms of, of mindset and the third day concept, what are you thinking about on the hard days? Because I know that when, let's, let's say I've, I've had those days where I wake up, you know, let's use this morning as an example. You know, today I've got a lot of podcasting work to do. Uh, you know, there's a mindset shift of here's how I view the work that I'm doing. Are you asking yourself certain questions or thinking about certain things? Or is it like a mantra or an affirmation or a, you know, a set of a reminder of principles? Like, what are you thinking about that says, like, today is my day. Let's go do this. Like, how do you approach that mentally? Great question. So I have I've run two marathons. I'm not running anymore, but I like to do a I like to do 10 Ks. That's my I found that's kind of like my my uh target space mid distance i'm not a sprinter but not a not a marathoner either so this morning i had a run and my legs are a little bit sore i got a race coming up in about two weeks and physically did i feel amazing today no but i still need to get out there and do this run so i'm in my right shape when this race comes up so i can at least win my age group so for me and this doesn't have to be the same for everybody but for me I just like to craft stories in my mind. I, I never want to put myself in a position mentally of coasting. You know, that was a challenge that I had in my younger days as an athlete is that I didn't understand this concept. And sometimes if I didn't really physically feel up to it or mentally feel up to it, I wouldn't show up all the way. Let's say in practice in college and the coach would be mad at me because I wasn't practicing hard. Now I don't have that issue anymore because I can, I can understand this concept better. And these things that we're talking about here, Jeff, this is what I wish somebody had explained to me when I was 19, explained to me when I was 21 so that I could use this more. So for me, I'll craft a story in my mind. Just imagine that maybe I'm in the race there or I might even think of something from basketball and then just take that energy and apply it to running, even though I'm not playing basketball. So whatever tricks you need to come up with, whatever you need to do and this for everybody, whatever you need to do to get yourself in that frame of mind, because as, as we know, the phrase mind over matter, when you get your mind in the right space, your body will fall in line. So get your mind in that right space mentally of how you need to feel to get locked into your zone, whether that's something competitive, whether it's something that makes you happy, whether it's something that gets you focused, whatever is going to be for you and get into that zone. Because what a professional does, again, is they find a way to show up and deliver every time because that's what people pay for. You know, when you go to a, a sports game and, you know, uh, LeBron's playing, you know, he's going to get 25.7 rebounds, seven assists every night. Doesn't matter what game you go to. As long as he's playing, he's going to do that. And that's what makes him great. It's not what he does in a big moment when everybody in the world is watching. It's what he does on a random night when anybody could be watching or nobody's watching. And that's and I guarantee you, he doesn't always feel like it, but he has some strategies and some processes that he follows to put himself in that frame of mind to deliver. And that's what makes him and any any of the rest of us great is that we do it every time. Who are you learning from? I know a lot of people that will, you know, if they're pursuing a certain goal, like either they surround themselves with other people that are on that same path or they're you know, reaching out to mentors and coaches. How do you approach this idea of saying, you know, there's a new goal that I'm after and I want to to learn from the best people? How do you approach going about connecting with those people or, or learning from them? Great question. So we'll talk, we can talk entrepreneurship since I, I don't play professional sports anymore. So in the business world or a mindset world, what I explain to people often is the concept of just having virtual mentors because 
even though you might not be able to physically be in the same space as the people that you want to learn from all the time these days, the great thing about the internet and social media and these smart devices that we have is that anyone who is putting their material out there to the world, you can access them right from the comfort of your couch and a device that fits into the palm of your hand. So that if that means subscribing to somebody's podcast, signing up for their course, following them on social media, going to their live event or virtual live event, getting into their coaching programs. You can do all this stuff without even leaving your house. So for me, I just decide what areas do I want to focus on? And then I find I try to find no more than three to five people in any particular area, because one of the other challenges, one of the great things that you can access anybody, one of the challenges that you can access anybody because you can access anybody. It's hard to narrow down or where do I stop taking in information? How much information should I take in? Should I listen to these 25 people as well as these three that I'm already paying attention to? So you got to know when to cut yourself off as well. So I try to pick three to five people in a particular area that I care about that I find have enough information. If I take in all of their stuff, it'll give me everything that I need and actually apply it. And that's how I do it. I'm really glad you brought that up about narrowing things down. Cause I think one of the first things that I, you know, when I start any new project or any new idea that pops into my head is I have like instant overwhelm of just too much information. Like as much as I love Google, I hate Google. <laughs> I find that there's just you know, so much out there. So I'm glad you mentioned this idea of capping off the knowledge because there is, there is a limit to what we can really handle. Right. Um, in terms of our listeners today, what would you say would be a good first action step for them to, if they want to up their game, they want to, you know, get back in the flow if they're out of it. What would you say that a good action step today would be for them to go do after this interview? Number one thing is create a plan for yourself, create a process for yourself that you can follow. And this could be as something as simple as, uh, let me ask before I go further, Jeff, what kind of game that they want to get back into? Is it going to the gym? Is it writing their blog? Is it podcasting? What is it? Yes, all of the above. I think okay. it's, let's imagine, like, I mean, this is, I'll use myself as an example. I've got a number of, of habits that let's say I used to do well that I've gotten you know into a rut where I'm not doing them anymore. And I want to get mm -hmm. back into a good flow of maybe it's waking up early. Maybe it's going to the gym first thing. Maybe it's writing the novel. But like, what would be a good, maybe it's a mindset shift. What would be a good way to kind of get back into a rhythm of life where, you know, you are being productive and, and really working your game? And number one thing is, first of all, just get clear on what that thing is that you want to be doing. And once that's down, let's assume you have that one covered. Then it's figuring out, all right, what can I do in a duplicatable way? What can I do repeatedly? What can I do every single day? So what you don't want to do, let's say someone hasn't been to the gym in a while, you don't want to go in there and do a, a three hour workout because are you going to do a three hour workout every day? Probably not. So what can you do every single time? Figure out what that is, figure out how it's going to fit into your schedule and how you can do it again in a duplicatable way. So and then just set that up, fit it into your calendar. And what I tell people is don't make it to do list. use your calendar because your calendar is finite. And you have to make things work. You have to make things make sense in a calendar. You don't have to make a to-do list make sense. You can just keep adding to it. But a calendar gives you some parameters. Uh, you have to be able to fit these things into the day or into the week or into the month. So write down all the things that you need to do. Figure out where you can find time to actually do them. And then figure out how you can do them repeatedly over and over and over again. Because, again, the success and the long-term results come from the things that you do over and over and over again, not just the stuff that you do when you're excited about it or when you're you know, embarrassed about it or when you're motivated is what you can do all the time. So you're going to run into that third day. 
pretty soon, maybe maybe on the third day, maybe in a week, maybe in a month. And that's when you got to have that mentality kick in of I know this is the third day. I know this is supposed to happen. So it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And then just pushing yourself to show up in that moment. And once you get past that third day, then you get to what we call the fourth day, which is when the work hasn't gotten any easier, but it feels easier simply because you've conditioned yourself to deal with it. I love that question of what can I do repeatedly? I think that is absolutely the, a great uh, takeaway for today. Uh, Dre, this has been excellent. There's a lot of great takeaways in the interview. Um, where can our listeners learn more from you and, and get copies of your books? Sure. So I'm on all the social media platforms. The one most popular right now is probably Instagram. So my Instagram is just my full name, Dre Baldwin, all in one word. As far as my book, The Third Day, I actually give this book away, paperback copies of the book for free. All I ask is that people cover the shipping and I will send it to you physically wherever you are. The link to that is thirddaybook.com. And I will offer for, just for listeners of the 5 a.m. miracle. Anyone who wants to hop on a, a free 30 minute Zoom call with me, if you just go to work on your game, university.com slash 5 a.m., you can hop on a Zoom call with me. We can talk about uh, anything you heard us discuss here today. You think I can help you with? We can discuss it right there on Zoom. Wow, that's awesome. I love that opportunity there. So I'll be sure to have those links for listeners this week in the show notes. And uh, Dre, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you for sharing the platform. And for that action step this week, make the decision to go pro today. Dre has mastered the art of going pro, and you can learn a lot from him. If you're struggling right now in a specific area of your life or work, and you feel like you've been stagnating in mediocrity, make the choice today to leave the world of amateurs and become a professional right now. You know, every major change begins with a clear decision just like this one. JeffSanders.com slash 417 is the place to go for the episode notes. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the app you're using right now. Or visit JeffSanders.com slash subscribe to get updates about this show in your favorite podcast app. Once again, that's JeffSanders.com slash subscribe. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.